This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Well, welcome to another edition of Contractor's Corner. Today, I'm talking with Eb Russell. He is CEO and Principal of RP Construction Services, a large-scale installation firm based in California. So thanks for talking with me today, Eb. Yeah, thank you, Kelly. So let's start off just by kind of stating that RPCS, you guys are an installation arm of Array Technologies, and you offer turnkey installation of those trackers across the country. So how did that relationship get started? Many years ago, I worked at SunTech, the first Chinese module company, and the SunTech CEO uh, went with me on my idea to acquire Array Technologies. We traveled down to Albuquerque. Array had nine people in a small little office mostly known at that time for their dual axis tracker. Most people refer to it as the Watson tracker. Mm-hmm. And we're just developing and deploying the first horizontal single axis tracker uh, to a few of the SunTech customers that I was selling solar modules to. So SunTech agreed. And if it wasn't for the worldwide markets collapsing, that mm-hmm. deal would have gone through, but it evaporated overnight. I loved what I saw in Array's products, in Ron Corio's vision, and I left SunTech. I offered to be a manufacturer's rep for Ron. Eventually, it led to a full position with Ron as his vice president of sales and a fancy title, but his only sales guy. (laughs) And we really saw the explosion of the utility scale market. The product is excellent. The timing was really uh, great as well as the market emerged. And over the next uh, five years, we sold 3,000 megawatts to 250 projects. Had a, uh, we estimated around an 85 to 90 percent market share, and uh, really launched the tracker industry, if you will. The reliability of the tracker industry, you know, I think can be attributable to Ron's product. It was the product that proved that this tracking technology will work. It's reliable, and it opened the industry up. In uh, 2014, we really wanted to address more of the small project market, which we thought would need a much more hand-holding approach, sort of fully engineered, laid out, uh, procured correctly, and installed. So uh, great relationship with Ron. I, he wanted to expand more internationally. I took on that domestic portion, and we formed RP Construction Services to do just that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Looking at just the projects that you guys do, um, how do they get set up? Does Array Technologies like secure an order and then like offer your guys' expertise or are you guys working together? Yeah, so, you know, it's emerged over time. But at this point, these projects, uh, a lot of times Array will send us uh, inquiries that they receive. I think we're starting to receive a lot of our own. Our sales team is excellent in going out and mining the market for who are the you know, companies doing projects, we mainly address one megawatt up to around 15 megawatt DC projects. uh, And we originate those projects or Ray just sends us those leads. And from that point forward, it's really RPCS securing the project. We have sales engineers. We've been given what we call the keys to the kingdom from Array. We have all of their design application engineering programs. So we uh, can engineer that site for the proper goods. We 
we do something that uh, Array doesn't need to do. When they sell their product, we go ahead and lay out the tracker onto the actual field uh, in uh, AutoCAD, and uh, and then we arrange all the different engineering steps along the way, the subsurface geotechnical study, uh, the subsequent foundation design, which comes from the geotechnical study, and the forces on the expected forces on Array's posts. And once that order goes through, we're typically the, the company that our customer is choosing to fully install the product. So we would go out, survey all of the post locations, uh, drive all those posts to the correct embedment depths and elevations, uh, build, the, build the tracker, receive the customer's modules, mount those modules. And once the electrician has come back and brought power to the plant and it's ready to be commissioned, we come back and fully commission the tracker system, make sure it's location information and you know, row spacing data that is important uh, is all programmed correctly and the tracker's operational and running. So it's really a turnkey uh, process for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you said you, you'll work on stuff up to 15 megawatts? Yeah. So typically we've, we've installed now where um, we've been blessed to be given a, we even finished a 57 megawatt installation of raised product last year. The same company has uh, just given us the green light on a 103 megawatt follow-up project. So we're uh, installing projects quite a bit larger, but when we sell, offer our turnkey design, mm-hmm. sell the array product, complete service package, that's typically in that 15 megawatt and under market. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there any opportunity for RPCS to, to do fixed till installations or are you just sticking exclusively with the trackers? You know, we, we, we really try to stay in our lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where we feel like we're experts. We're experts around that product. We, uh, we like being able to uh, offer to the customer what we think is sort of that easy button or, you know, another term we use sometimes is we offer direct TV, whereas Array sells satellite dishes. Mm. Um, <laughs> we're trying to make this uh, very much a one contract, uh, everything wrapped easy uh, because we see this market changing quite a bit. The solar market's changing. Uh, it's becoming way more geographically diverse. Uh, developers are doing high numbers of smaller projects versus planting themselves on one single very large project. So, you know, they, they need to be able to just uh, deploy us very quickly and have us do our part without a lot of back and forth and make sure it's perfect and uh, be able to execute transactions very quickly. So offering it as more of that direct TV, uh, you know, just place your order and, when you're done, you'll have a fully commissioned tracker. Mm-hmm. How do you see the market for trackers? Like, I know that there's the big, large utility scale, um, like that's often where you see a lot of trackers, but is the market growing for these kind of 15 megawatt and under type installations? We feel like we're moving, you know, I the latest data that we've seen from the different, you know, major media sources, data providers uh, that, Utility scale is now uh, almost 95% or greater tracker. Mm-hmm. And horizontal single axis trackers, they outperform fixed tilt the further you get towards the equator. When the sun's making that big high arc over the 
over that array for more of the year. So as you move north and you get into, you know, start to get to the Canadian border or very northern states, sometimes that's where we see fixed tilt. You know, it's a harder uh, cost-benefit analysis to make trackers work. Some of the northern states, Massachusetts, Maine, other places like that, they also have uh, a lot of times tougher subsurface conditions, you know, rock and uh, it's not like the caliche or the sandstones that you may have in Arizona, California, where it's, you know, maybe hard to drive a post, but it's once you uh, pre-drill or drive, it's easy. But in the, uh, in the New England states, a lot of awkward little parcels, tough subsurface conditions. That's where a fixed tilt system, you might even consider ballasting it and uh, keeping it low to the ground. Trackers have to be up in the air to allow for the, the sweep of the tracker modules to not hit ground. So you have to kind of raise them up and uh, there's a lot more forces on the posts. So if you've got an expensive foundation, we see fixed tilt being a, a niche there. But otherwise, we think that that whole market is moving towards trackers eventually. And each year, the percentage in our addressable market, that 15 megawatt DC and under, each year, the percentage of uh, fixed tilt to tracker uh, has declined each year or trackers gaining market share over fixed tilt. And it's, I think in this 2019, we anticipate that about 70% now of that market will be tracker. And by the end of this year into 2020, it'll be closer to 85% of that market will be tracker. So you guys are going to be busy. <laughs> <We're>, we, <laughs> our pipeline is uh, pretty insane. We, try to do a very good job. We uh, try to, uh, you know, continue to deliver just simple, clean business to our customers. And I think doing something very uh, simple and staying in our lane, that helps our future. Mm -hmm. How much of Array Technologies U.S. business do you think that uh, RPCS installs? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, um, we'll install... Uh, close to 500 megawatts in 2019. Uh, obviously, one of those is installing a 103-megawatt project. Mm -hmm. So we'll install about 400 megawatts of the smaller projects. We may pick up another one of the larger ones, uh, but without considering that, we should install probably around 500 megawatts. I'm not sure what... Mm -hmm. I know Array is anticipating a very robust year also, uh, so I'm not sure what percentage of their total business. But it's... Uh, you know, it, it's pretty significant. You know, they're global, so they're. Of course. Um, yeah. But I do know that we uh, we've got some exciting things we're working on in terms of full stocking yards now, where we're no longer having the materials drop shipped from Array Technologies on a per project basis, but we're buying in you know large container volume bulk and bringing it into a laydown yard, and we're setting up our own kitting operations, and we're packing product differently than would be feasible for array array is going to usually deliver to a very large site you know all of the steel in certain shipments and all the smaller parts in other shipments because that's where it's sourced from their sub suppliers whereas we're bringing everything in from all these sub suppliers to one centralized location and we're kitting it and packing it in tracker blocks we're going through that engineering build of material list 
and making sure that every truck has a complete tracker block on the truck, which is really going to help the ability to check material in on the site and, uh, and, and move through that product very quickly on the site and hopefully increase the installation time with less time in the laydown yard sort of pre-kitting at the job site. All these uh, non-coordinated trucks that come in, now there'll be a coordinated truck that has everything on it ready for that, for that tracker bog construction. Mm-hmm. I, um, I got to tour Array Technologies in Albuquerque um, last year, and I, and I noticed that, um, that, that efficiency is very big with Array Technologies. I mean, just making sure that parts are assembled, that pre-assembly, and just making things easier on the installer. So it seems like um, you're kind of continuing that, just bringing efficiency even to, to your end, too. That's right. You know, the, the kitted parts are fantastic, and we've always appreciated Array for those kitted parts. Now it's kitting those parts into a tracker block. So actually bringing all the parts together that are kitted and packing them so that when that truck arrives, it's not that we're needing to perhaps wait for that one truck that's first in the process because we've now received the truck that was second in the process. Mm. We're having all, all those parts placed onto the truck uh, and, and deployed to the field that way. So mm-hmm. that should really help some of our field efficiency. Nice. Okay. So since you are working on projects like across the country, um, let's talk about like your employees. How many employees do you have and and how do you work on contracting for your various jobs? So we're, we're up to uh, right now over 70 employees. We actually just added a, uh, a a full-time recruitment director to help us recruit more. Uh, We typically have used, uh, uh, temp labor to assist us in, in ramping up to the job sizes we need. So at any given moment in 2018, we had under our project control 250 to 450 workers uh, through temp agencies. Mm. We don't typically subcontract ourselves. So we're, you know, the difference between uh, using temps is that is our contract, our work, our direct employees on the site. And we're really just uh, supplementing the labor with temp labor during that job. Whereas subcontracting would be to actually hire a completely separate company to take on and perform the work. Uh, and we would have very little labor under our direct control. So we're normally uh, not subcontracting work. We're normally self-performing it with temp laborers. What we recognize in 2019 is that the solar industry is very, very robust. It it seems in every conversation we're having right now, all companies are seeing a very robust 2019. And we're a little fearful of the strategy of using temps because we're afraid that perhaps we're going to see competition for those temp laborers. Uh, And so we want to take into our own business a lot bigger direct hire staff And of course, you also benefit from, you know, now that direct hire staff is well trained. Uh, they've they they can be trained in certain positions, you know, field kitting, uh, tracker installation, the module mounting portion. So you can really compartmentalize the work on site. And you know, we think of it kind of like a football team where you you know the team shows up and you present the playing field and 
the players move into the field and they already know their job is to be an offensive lineman or a wide receiver or a you know tight end or whatever. So it's uh, it can really help the uh, speed and the quality and the time we spend making sure that the quality is there. Uh, hopefully, it'll become less because right now with attempt force, we of course need to make sure everything is high quality. So we spend a lot more time going back over work. Uh, making sure that it's within the quality spec. Whereas with a direct hire force, we think we can sort of capture that with training on the front end and not have as much on the back end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I've noticed you've, you've developed a, a plug and play system in addition to using the array trackers. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so sort of going back to the idea that you know, developers are really having to do a lot of projects across the country and knowing that you know, in the history of utility-scale solar, one of the biggest failing points uh, at a system level are crimping and stripping. I mean, just making sure your connections in your wire are really solid, well-crimped connections, and that becomes very challenging to manage across all kinds of weather conditions, all kinds of labor, uh, and and being all over the country on many different job sites. And so our belief is, is that if we pre-manufacture all of these wiring harnesses for the DC part of the field, we keep all that wire above ground, not having to do a lot of that electrical work of bringing conduits into the into a trench, opening up a trench, and there's a lot of quality steps in making sure that uh, all those conduits are sealed tight and all of those wire entries into those conduits are sealed tight. They're all uh, spaced correctly. Those trenches are stabilized with the right sand and uh, they're, they're ready for you know, 25-year design life. Well, a lot of that goes away when you just create wiring harnesses like you've had in the automobile industry for decades in the factory and leave all that wire above ground like every home in America has coming into their house. So certainly not a new idea to keep wire floating above ground. And, but that will allow our tracker construction crew to very quickly connect together the DC strings and route those out of the field. So we sometimes will call it like, this is like a tracker on a skid. And we come in, build this whole tracker, wire the whole DC field, and route that power out to the edge of the field. And for a developer, they're getting much more of a product than a custom-built site that way. It's a more repeatable, deployable product. Uh, Everything is going to be the same at this site as every other site in the country. All those wire harnesses look the same. And from a long-term maintenance perspective, it's very easy to go uh, identify those wires. Uh, they're there. They're they're available to be tested, and you know visually inspected. So we think that this is a move that allows the faster uh, from start of project to completion of project, just a much faster build at a highest quality level without weather and terrain interruption because of complicated trenching issues. Mm-hmm. Has that been surprising to maybe any um, site owners that, that you are keeping the, the wires above ground? 
it's definitely a concept where we feel like we have to, uh, we're, we're educating the market on it right now. Mm -hmm. We definitely feel like there's currently a market education and it feels familiar to me. I was educating the market back in 2009 about why trackers over fixed tilt. And and now here we are. And we think that, you know, we're, we're long-term believers. So uh, we're starting to see some early adopters. And as we do these sites with this plug and play, process it's just exceeded our expectations the pickups are substantial there's uh, less out of sequence efficiency you know oftentimes mechanical installers like ourselves are in a little bit of a battle with the electricians who they want to open up their trenches and leave them open and get their work done and we're trying to figure out how to drive pile driving machines and forklifts around open trenches so there's uh and now we sort of eliminate all of that uh it's hard for these developers to go find really quality electricians in every niche of the country. Well, now if their need is to find a smaller group of electricians to work right at the edge of the field on terminating the final terminations into those inverters and then bringing that, those inverters back to the point of interconnection, there's a lot of great industrial mechanical commercial electricians in all parts of the country that have had no solar experience that know how to do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. So we're removing the solar knowledge for them and they can do the work they're accustomed to and bring a small team and leave that, you know, higher uh, hour work in the DC field to us and let us click everything together and have it be very repeatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Kind of want to switch over and talk about the um, the federal ITC because it is uh, beginning to drop down starting next year. So I was wondering if you're seeing any rushes in getting large projects booked this year to kind of receive that full thirty percent credit. It would appear so, Kelly. It mm-hmm. it seems like the market is is going bonkers. <laughs> I mean, we last year uh, because of the the tariff threat and not knowing what the tariff would be until late January. I think the whole industry experienced a little bit of an air pocket last first half of 2018. And we didn't have too many jobs going. We had a lot in the pipeline for the second half of the year. The second half was very busy, but the first half was quite slow. This year, there is no, uh, the accelerator pedal uh, is fully pressed. You know, we are, on several sites already here in January. We're getting ready to start several more, and it just looks like there will be no slowdown, and if anything, just an acceleration into the end of the year with more and more jobs. So yes, I think uh, global module pricing, uh, globally module pricing has dropped substantially uh, after the tariff. Uh, There's a huge oversupply, I think, scenario still being worked out with solar modules with China having a little bit of a slowdown. So I think module pricing is low. The economics look great. The ITC is at its full value. And 2019 is could be a, a, certainly a record year in the United States by a significant margin. Mm-hmm. Are any of the other like various tariffs um, kind of still affecting large-scale solar? I know, like you said, like just solar panels kind of it hasn't been as bad as we assumed, but now there might be some tariffs, you know, coming on inverters and, of course, steel and aluminum. I'm wondering if you're, you're seeing any effects of that. 
We have. Yeah, we have. I think uh, certainly a raise price, uh, you know, all companies are always hoping they're in a overall long-term cost reduction uh, mode. And I think it's been hard for Array to continue. They're, they're making all the technology changes they need to make to make costs continue to come down. But the underlying steel and aluminum tariffs are making those commodity pricing higher. So I think it's been difficult for them to uh, so some pricing has really stabilized. We felt like for a while tracker pricing in general was on a sort of rapid decline. And now we feel like it's starting to uh, stabilize. Um, and then if anything, it's, it's crept up a little bit as well as the vertical post, the steel I beams. Uh, there's definitely a tariff affecting steel posts. So that pricing has come up a little bit. Thankfully, and I, you know, it's unfortunate for the module companies, but module companies are dropping at, you know, five, 10 cents a watt uh, pricing and the tracker being, you know, much less in the overall system as well as the I-beams, a, a 15 or 20% increase in cost of metal. It's affecting the project, you know, a penny a watt or two pennies a watt, uh, but not five or 10. So, so module companies have sort of helped overcome whatever increases we're seeing on the on the mounting system side. Hmm. Okay. So where do you hope to see RP Construction Services in, in the next few years? What do you want to accomplish? You know, we really would love to, uh, to really simplify and streamline this whole ability to deploy and install. Uh, so we're really excited about our stocking yards and the way we're kitting that material, our ability to engineer. We're also developing, uh, some software platforms we have we have one underway that's uh we've used this whole past year which allows us to manage our projects in real time we can see through our apps uh our site layouts and the changing status of all the rows in those site layouts we're giving these apps to our field crew uh we give them all iphones and we control phones through ios enterprise and we're able to de deploy apps to their phones in our goal is just to keep them off their laptops and doing old school paperwork uh, or, or filling in, you know, reports on Excel or Word and allow them to tap and complete things with their thumb as easy as looking up sports scores or checking the weather. So that's our, our vision there is to continue to utilize those apps. And then we're plugging into that same app, the customer front end, so that these projects begin to originate with the customer, customers are, we're setting up an ability for our customers to actually get, generate their own layouts and generate their own engineering and their own pricing uh, through their inputs. Um, so it will really help speed up uh, their ability to quote things. And then as we push these things along and all of these various documents that need to be added to these projects, that geotechnical report, foundation design, all the array engineering, uh, all those other items, pre-commissioning checklists, closeout, warranty documents, it all will flow directly to this single platform. And, you know, the crew chiefs will have access to the platform and the correct set of drawings on site with the app. The customer will have access to the same set of drawings. Uh, it really ties together the whole process. So we're excited about that. Uh, that's a continuous improvement process. 
Uh, we're also, uh, I think we're seeing uh, a lot of service work cropping up uh, with uh, the existing fleet of installed assets, you know, from 2009 to current. There's a lot of projects out there that need some service work. So we're adding more and more capabilities on our service side to be able to go out and you know, service any of these sites that need some service, as well as uh, do some operation and maintenance. Yeah, so you might be getting into post-construction and then just kind of expanding everything. Yeah, and we we, um, we're, we actually have taken on our first few mowing jobs as well. We're, <laughs> we're uh, testing that testing that as well. And it, it seems like a minor thing, but gosh, in some parts of the country, uh, maintaining grass, keeping grass down is, you know, that's a, that's a big part of these projects uh, long-term. So mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we think, you know, we have an amazing, well-trained workforce. So to continue to push more opportunities through that workforce is, uh, is it's sort of an easy path for us. Mm -hmm. Have you looked into using sheep for mowing? You know, we, we um, <laughs> have talked to a few about it and we're trying to get the details on it. But yes, we actually, uh, you know, if that's where the market goes, that's great. <laughs> Obviously, I don't see us probably, you know, maintaining herds. Uh, and, and that might close out our mowing opportunity a little bit. But uh, I, I love the idea. I'm right. all for it. And I think uh, if, if it works, great. <laughs> and it always makes us some really cool pictures, too, just to see, see the sheep among the solar panels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't go with goats. We've seen goats, you know, standing on top of modules and chewing things and things like that. Super safe. Just right. don't go with goats. <laughs> well, thanks so much for talking with me today. It was really interesting to get to know what you guys are doing at the company. It sounds like you're really kind of, you know, working on efficiency, and I'm excited to see what you guys do in the next few years. Yeah, and Kelly, likewise, you know, top contractors gives us a whole a, a jolt of energy over here when we see that plaque and. I've got it on my desk. I appreciate, we really appreciate all that you bring to the industry. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you for being part of it. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, our great editorial content solarpowerworldonline.com see you back here next month